Listeners are advised, this podcast contains coarse language, themes of an adult nature, and inappropriate thoughts about boy bands. And inappropriate thoughts by boy bands, motherfucker. So, hi, Zoe. It's a familiar voice. I, um, I know you, don't I? Yeah, we, we used to be friends, I think. Oh, long, <laughs> long ago. Pre-COVID. It's really weird to actually see you because I was thinking earlier about how mad it was that we used to actually sit in the same room and record a podcast together. Sit on the other opposite ends of a very tiny sofa. Yeah, we did. Yeah. We even shared one microphone at one point. So <laughs> yes, I know we that it used get to our happen. Sound right. <laughs> and then we we went on to Skype slash FaceTime, but now it's all about Zoom, and now I can actually eyeball you while we're doing this, oh. which is a whole new experience. Remember when we said, "Oh, it's really nice to sort of be able to see each other when we have when we record the podcast." Well, now we can. Well, there you go. I'm just <laughs> I'm so I don't not sure why you want to see me. I'm sweating like ever. We just Amy and I just gave ourselves a off of the record catch up but all the stuff we wanted to talk about that none of you will be interested in hearing. And then um, I'm in bed at home, obviously, um, underneath the quilt where it's really fucking hot. I just had to take all my clothes off. I'm not doing this naked. I took she all is. those clothes off <laughs> and put a, um, a nightie on. Mm. So this is the first episode of I'm with the boy band recorded in night clothes. Yes. Oh, what are yeah. you wearing, Amy? I'm wearing my take that onesie, but I'm so hot that I've like literally undone it down to my bra. <laughs> Amy, Amy's all cleavage. <laughs> Let's not release the video of this to our, uh, <laughs> to our, our non-existent YouTube channel. Uh, yes. So welcome to I'm with the boy band. It's been a while. We did a little mini mid-COVID episode, I believe. I can't yeah, we did something remember. with uh, Worlds Apart, didn't we? And we spoke oh, to... Oh, yes. And we spoke to Aaron. Yeah. Yes. And oh, Frasier. So that, that feels, was... That feels like four years ago. It was a really long time ago. And I seem to remember it was really during the middle of my lull. And I was like, I don't want to do it. I can't be bothered. I just can't. And actually really enjoyed it. So... Yeah. Um, they were fun to chat to. It's a good mm, chat. They were good. But... Yeah. So and I, I know... came... I'm sure I came off that phone call going, I'm going now to start writing it. Yes. So how long has it taken me? And I, I probably did write it immediately. And then life i think it was june and or july here we are. yeah here now we are. here we are in october <laughs> so Almost time for halloween and Welcome you know to the we... halloween episode <laughs> where amy We've... and i are here dressed as pumpkins oh yeah that's right this is the uh, podcast i'm with a boy band just in case anyone <laughs> hadn't clocked that um we've been having a few requests from people as well saying i miss you and when are you coming back and we're really sorry it's been so long it's just lockdown's been mad for... It's been mad for everyone for different mm. reasons. Everyone's mm. coping and getting by in their own way. Yeah. Like for me, nothing work-wise, nothing much has changed except oh, you've been extra I busy. Spend, yeah, and I spend my entire life sat in the corner of my bedroom looking at my wardrobe. Yeah. yeah. I wish I'd chosen a better wardrobe. It's half mirrored, so most of the day <laughs> I'm looking at half of my own face. <laughs> But meanwhile, I didn't work for six months and now I have just started working again, not in um, my usual profession of live music, because obviously that doesn't exist anymore and we're we're no longer considered viable. She's now doing live modelling on... Um, OnlyFans. OnlyFans. <laughs> Amy and I have had a lot of discussion about how we could make a full living from our bedrooms and yeah. it mainly involved um, 
webcamming via OnlyFans. I'm not going to lie. I did consider becoming a cam girl at the start. I, I know that you know this because we had a conversation about <laughs> it. But because I had a lodger, I didn't think I could get away with like being like, oh, here are my breasts. And, and having somebody in the next room, it just felt wrong. So, yeah. But you didn't no, mind Elvis watching? No, you're not allowed. A lot of the webcam places say that you're not allowed to have any animals in the room. And I thought, what sick bastard made them have to invent that rule? <laughs> yeah, you have to <laughs> specify. No bestiality, please. <laughs> so um, I've seen, I've noticed as well that our downloads have been pretty good. And we've been getting quite a lot of new likes on Facebook. So I wonder if we've been Facebook mentioned. thing is weird. Have we been mentioned um, somewhere? Can someone, if they're listening and you heard about us, because I know a lot of people started listening in lockdown as well so if you've heard about us through another channel let us know so we can say thank you yeah the facebook likes is weird as well because a lot of them as i see them they're people that i already know so would have thought knew about the podcast already yeah um like people that i'm either facebook friends with or know in real life and and i'm seeing them kind of like oh i would have thought stacy already followed or just decided not to fucking hell stacy not calling you out Stacey sorry mate it's the first name I thought of um but yeah it's very welcome welcome everyone if you're a new listener I'm sorry that we've um abandoned you yeah, yeah. negligent is the word I'm looking for I'm sorry we've been negligent neglect- of you neglecting our listeners but... I'm sorry that I'm sorry that we've been in negligees over lockdown we haven't no <laughs> I actually said I, the, I said I this morning any of my clothes <laughs> no, I don't I couldn't tell you if I do or don't. I actually said this morning, I wonder if there'll ever come a day where I don't like live in pyjamas or tracksuits or onesies again because I work from home now. So I only leave the shoes house Shoes is the a dog. weird thing for me. Ah. I will occasionally go, I might wear shoes today and just put them on in the house for no reason whatsoever. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just forgot what it's like. And also underwear. It's a very rare day when I'm wearing both bra and pants. Oh, I have to wear both every day. I can't go without either. So, no. good. I've becoming. I've become much more attentive to the bra since I've noticed that I'm becoming a bingo nan. Oh, I can't breathe without a bra on, so that's why <laughs> big, I wear one. Big waste. <laughs> so, um, boy band stuff. Yeah, what? give me your boy band news. This is what you were okay. charged with. Okay, I've got a few things um, to discuss from my boy band, plural. Um, Gary Barlow announced a tour for next June. Good luck, Gary. You going? <laughs> no. Basically, I was living. Just socially distanced or has it no. been sold at full capacity? Well, here's the thing. It hasn't been sold as a socially distanced tour because they have no intention of doing it as a socially distanced tour. Even though venues like the O2 have released videos of how they intend on doing socially distanced tours, it hasn't been. It's been sold as though it's going to be full. That being said, it is not sold out. <laughs> and there there are, well, there were the last time I looked, plenty of tickets available in every venue. Um, yeah, I think they're faced with a mix of people that, are still really apprehensive about doing anything with crowds. Yeah. But I know I wouldn't... The new kids' Fenway show, which was meant to be September, mm. has been put back to July. And we've rebooked. We've rebooked our flights and yeah. are all ready to go. But And I know Fenway's slightly different because for us it involves going to an airport and sitting on a plane, which is another, you know, yeah, danger zone. Um, but I don't think, unless there's a vaccine... 
I'm, I wouldn't be prepared to go in anywhere with that number of people. I think 100% here's what's going to happen, right? Because I was livid when he announced it. I was like, how irresponsible, how ridiculous. I've just lost my I, job in live music, etc. I, I believe I woke up to an angry text. But... <laughs> what the fuck is this guy doing? <laughs> he actually did an Insta Live afterwards and he said, I know some of you think I'm stupid. And he went, but I'm not. Because the worst that might happen is that it will get postponed. And that made me even angrier. But somebody else made the point that, you know, he's trying to inject some well-needed money into the entertainment industry. And I was like, mm, okay, the venue probably get a, um, deposit. A, a deposit and the promoter will get the money into the bank and the ticket companies and blah, blah, blah. But that doesn't help me or any of my colleagues. But yeah, so I was like, okay, fine. But I can't imagine it's going to happen in June. I can't afford tickets because I was made redundant. So... Uh, I will wait until nearer the time and see what happens, but I'm certain it will be postponed. I'm certain that the Harry tour will be postponed as well because that was rescheduled for March. Uh, it's just not going to happen. So, yep, so that's Gary. Meanwhile, um, Niall Horan has just announced that he's doing a live streamed show from the Royal Abbot Hall on the 7th of November. And he's doing, I don't know if he's doing four different shows, but he's doing a live stream to four different time zones so it feels like he's doing four different shows yeah. so that's really good and I'm really pleased because he said I've got a big announcement coming and I was like if this is a tour announcement I'm going to be livid but it wasn't and I'm just like that is so lovely and the Royal Albert Hall is such a wonderful venue so and, and those I, I've watched a few live streaming events not boy band live streaming events or although new kids occasionally do these things with excuse my email pinging mm -hmm. um you can occasionally do these live streams where they'll sit and chat and they'll play games and okay. that's all free but i've paid to 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 attend a couple of gigs in lockdown because it's okay. just something different to do i haven't seen, any. And, I haven't seen any um, i've seen a couple of blue not blue tones mark morrison of blue tones has done a couple and they okay. were good fun and it's that's a live show that i'd normally enjoy uh, yeah and, and it's a way to support the artist directly as well so yeah yeah. I've done. A, I did a couple of the COVID arms gigs as well. You know, oh, the, um, with Kiri. Yeah. yeah, I'm just getting um, undressed. I can see your Amy's now down to her bar. <laughs> she, she said she wasn't doing an OnlyFans. <laughs> I want to make it clear. I'm not paying for this. Well, but I'm I will, charging you. you. I will be. <laughs> I will be submitting paper. a review. She um, <laughs> not the sexiest disrobing I've ever seen. But... <laughs> there you go. See, woof. not there woof woof. Go. You're a dog. Woof woof as in. I've just taken my arms out of my onesie, that's all. And I, then I've zipped it back up to here, so it's fine. <laughs> God. Um, I'm oh, definitely oh. putting this video on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> in, I'm not. in other Take That news. Is it um, all Take That news? No, Niall Horan's not in Take That. Okay, carry on. Um, I, got a, I got a text the other day from someone saying, I'm sitting next to Jason Orange. And I was oh, like, what? Is this kind of like, no, I can't say. It's, it's, like, it's like finding Lord Lucan, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. So um, I got a picture sent to me and I was like, fuck me, it is Jason Orange. And was it? It was. I can't, I can't, no, I can't say. Um, but it, it 
it really, really, really looked like him. I couldn't believe it. But apparently on approaching him, it was clear that it wasn't him because he was too young and a bit too podgy. But my God, he was a not, good lookalike. Not Mancunian. Oh, I think he was Mancunian, yeah. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, that made me laugh a lot. In fact, I don't even know if I can say that on here, but I'm just going <laughs> to leave Let's it go with there. the flow. <laughs> and then, um, and Mark, lovely, lovely Mark Owen did a lovely, lovely video where he he blindfolded himself with a mask and, uh, you know, a, a face mask, not like a, you know, only a COVID mask. What? Yeah, only <laughs> fans. <laughs> And he did a self-portrait to auction off for a charity that was doing a, oh a charity thing. It was so was it, sweet. Was it shit? Yeah, it was really shit, but it was really sweet. That sounds like, did you watch Taskmaster? No. Oh, it, that's that's the kind of tasks they do on Taskmaster, okay. which I love. I'd love to see my boy bands take on some of the Taskmaster tasks. Shall we talk about Tom Parker from The Wanted? Yeah, let's. It's... um. You go, because I, I haven't fully read the news. I'm aware of the news, but I don't mm. know what his di- what the diagnosis is, and I haven't seen all of his postings about how he wants people to okay. approach the diagnosis. So you, I know you've had a proper look into it. Yeah, Tom Parker from The Wanted has been diagnosed with a grade four geoblastoma. Um, so it's, it's terminal. It's inoperable. Um, he's receiving treatment he's receiving radiotherapy and chemotherapy and just doing everything he can to get through it I suppose but he did a post on Monday this week saying we just want to stay positive we just we're going to fight this we're going to get through this he and his wife um, Kelsey have got a one-year-old I think a one-year-old daughter and she's pregnant again with their second so in terms of timing I mean there's never a good time to find out you've got a terminal brain tumour, but what a shitter. Uh, I think that that he's asking for positivity Mm. and, you know, for people to get behind him with positive thoughts and good feelings Mm. is a fantastic approach and and not an approach that's unexpected from Mm. Tom. From Mm. what I know of him, he's like a great, really good fun guy. Um, I wanted to mention uh, what our friend Jenna shared with us about they have a GoFundMe mm-hmm. or a GoFundMe or just giving. It's a GoFundMe. Um, to raise some money, which we will share on all our social media for mm. anyone that wants to, any little bit that you can, you know, throw towards them. This is a... a it's been a, set a, up by the fans. It's been set up by the fans. Um, but our friend Jen is a, is a personal friend of, of Tom and Kelsey and has assured us that it's proper and she's going to make sure that the funds go to where they need to go um so it's not there's no danger of you know anyone going off with the money and do something you know dodgy with it Mm. um and you know even if you can throw five dollars ten dollars five quid ten quid at it this is a you know a young family with young children who've been given the most awful news and you it's going to be a young mother that's looking to take care of her two children eventually alone yeah touch wood not for a long time yet but you know the the, the diagnosis is that she will be bringing up her two children by herself so let's you know get behind them they've also got massive medical bills because the nhs only covers the chemotherapy and the radiotherapy it doesn't cover any of the additional complementary medicines that he may or may not be 
pursuing all the appointments with the private doctors and all that sort of thing. And I know that people think that famous people are rich, but if anyone's ever listened to our podcast, you'll know that boy bands are not the richest people. Yeah, they don't come out the other end with their pockets lined with gold. Um, I'm going to go right ahead and say, so Amy and I have a Patreon um, for I'm with a boy band, which gets us a small amount each month which we tend to use to put towards research it's mostly been suspended over the past few months there's, there's been a couple of months where I forgot to put it on hold and the money has come in so I'm going to give what we've we've had through our Patreon uh, directly to to the GoFundMe for Tom so that that although you know you've been paying for a podcast that's not been happening that you're the money that we've received is going to go into a good cause so I yeah you know I will jump off the podcast and do that the minute we're done you know i can't think of a better cause really at this point yeah and all our thoughts and other with with tom and kelsey um you know yeah band. i love the wanted i know oh and that's the other thing they're trying to do well, are we going to come out in time for this i hope they're so trying, the fans have got a campaign to try and get the wanted song all time low back to number one yeah i think last time amy checked it was at number three on the itunes mm, and part. then it went to number two but it's down to number five now so yeah so it's um 99p go in and buy it's all time low by the wanted yeah let's get it to number one let's show him and them that we're thinking of them this time I also know as well that other members of The Wanted have been supporting and just been absolutely wonderful. Jay and Max, certainly. And Nathan did a lovely post as well on Twitter. Um, but yeah, Jay Jay in particular, I understand, is being incredibly supportive and doing as much research as he can to help. So um, it's really lovely to see and to hear. Right, should we get on with it then? Should yeah. Have a, have a pee break? Or well, first of all, no, oh. first of all, we're going to, uh, you know, this is, I, I feel like boy band news is done. I did I, see. I think Amy's taking more clothes off. I'm not taking more clothes okay. off. I did see a, a video that I haven't watched yet that Lance Bass posted or did an interview with, I think it was E or Entertainment Tonight, someone in the US oh. saying that they're never going to reunite. Did you see that? I didn't see the video. I saw the post and all the NSYNC fans freaking out going, guess that's it then. Uh, I haven't watched it yet, but um, I was trying to do that right before this call. And then you were like, I'm ready. So I was like, okay, well, that's not news anymore. You were like, I best jump on the call before she nods <laughs> off again. It's not that. It's, um, yeah, we, we're just so time poor at the moment, which is mad considering how much time I've I'm actually got available. Not necessarily time poor as nap poor. Yeah, sure. I'll sure, sure. be having a chat and I'll disappear. <laughs> then we'll be like, you passed out again, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Please proceed. Oops. Oh, we need to pretend we've come back from the break. Okay. Yeah. Um, right. Who is this week's boy band, Zoe? Uh, this, this week's. Week. This week's. <laughs> <laughs> This episode's boy this band. This boy band. Oh my god! Imagine if we were quarterly, we could keep going till we're like hundred. Like four episodes a year. <laughs> we can maintain it. Yeah, we Maybe do. we've done one this year. Two. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, stop taking the piss out of the fact that we we're really bad at being podcasters. Um, at least you're getting. If you're not getting quantity, you're at least getting quality. Oh, this is quality content. <laughs> So this week's, this episode's boy band is uh, one of my first boy bands and I spent a lot of time when I was doing this research looking back on all 
the videos and live performances and um I think I've decided this is I was very young when I was into these yeah and I think it's one of my biggest disappointments that I never got to see these live oh um because they were a, a pop, they were a proper band. They they played instruments, so they did live shows and live performances. Um, and yeah, I think that's if I could start a list of you know bands I never saw that I could, it's going to be these. So this week's this episode's <laughs> boy band is uh, Curiosity Killed the Cat. Um, Curiosity Killed the Cat uh, are made up of lead singer. Ben Volpelier Piero. Bless you. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that was his. I didn't know that was his full name. I knew he was yeah. Ben. Do it yeah. again. Ben Volpelier. Ben Volpelier Piero. Wow. Ben's father. Catchy. Ready for this? Yeah. John Claude Volpelier Piero. <laughs> uh, was he French? He, um, <laughs> how, could, how could you tell? Uh, he was a celebrity and fashion photographer, and his mother. Ready for it? Uh-huh. Belinda Watson. Um I had mean, been, <laughs> yeah, very sorry. Had had been a model until she met John Claude and became mother to Ben and his brother Dominic. Um Belinda felt at times that life's excitement was passing her by. She said John Claude would be off to some party and we wouldn't be able to get a babysitter and I felt trapped. Which of course you would too if among your family friends you counted members of the Beatles and Eric Clapton. She said, I'd look at Ben and Dom and think they need their mother and there'd always be another party. And then often the party would be at our flat. Bands like the Beatles were getting their first taste of fame and there weren't many places they could go to have a quiet drink. So on their way back to Surrey from London, they would drop in at JC and Blinn's. No one at this time kept alcohol in their house. I mean, you might buy a bottle of wine a week. So all, all I'd have to offer was tea, coffee or hot chocolate. Imagine John what? Lennon showing up at the door and be going like, I mean. John, a hot, hot chocky, John. What, yeah. what year are we talking here? Uh, so Ben was born in 65. So this is the late 60s. Wow. And where um, did they live? They lived out um, in, they would have been Kensington. Um, hold on. Ben was born in Earl's Court. Right. Yeah, Kensington. Yeah. Wow. Um one time they had friends around and the boys were being naughty. So Ringo said he'd sort them out. Oh my God. Uh, and he went into the bedroom and sang them Yellow Submarine, changing the words to, we all live in the tub of margarine. Oh yeah, we used to sing that. <laughs> uh, and that's how young Ben Volpelier Piero lays claim to the fact that the Beatles sung him lullabies as a baby. Uh, even if Ringo did finish off the tune, telling them, right, you two, shut up and go to sleep. <laughs> such a grumpy fucker <laughs> uh, fast forward a decade or so and teenage ben is at art school where he meets nick thorpe who is who plays in a post-punk band called the twilight children with his mates miggy drummond julian brookhouse and toby anderson uh, ben went to see the band play a gig at the embassy club in london and shortly before the twilight king has, uh, sorry, shortly before shortly after the twilight children kicked out their singer in small world coincidences and boy bandipity, this was around the same time Ben went on a lunch date with the sister of drummer Miggy, and he happened to hear the band playing in the living room of their home. His pal Nick ended up inviting Ben down to their rehearsal studio to sing with them, and it wasn't long before he was the nude singer of the Twilight Children. Did I just say the nude singer? 
No, you think you said the new singer, but you okay. have got nakedness on the brain. You keep taking your clothes off. I don't. <clears throat> You're just seeing things now. You seeing what you want to see. Okay. This new lineup of the Twilight children played their first gig at the Embassy Club in December 1984, and they quickly picked up a big live following. And because, of course, uh, family friend Eric Cl- Clapton offered them studio time to make some demos. Uh, they recorded a track called Curiosity Killed the Cat, which caught the interest of a businessman called Peter Rosengard. Uh, now, Rosengard's a really interesting character. He was born in Hammersmith and he had originally planned to be a dentist, but he quit that after a week. A vo- <laughs> week. Uh, he volunteered in the Six Day War where he washed dishes um, and eventually became a life insurance salesman. Uh, In 1979, he founded the Comedy Store in London uh, and in 1982 sold a life insurance policy to a mafia hitman from Surbiton. Um, He also has an entry in the Guinness World Records for selling the largest ever life insurance policy to the value of $100 million. To... uh, Insuring David Geffen of Geffen Records. Oh, interesting. Uh, it was in nineteen eighty four that he discovered the Twilight Children and became their manager, changing their name from the Twilight Children to the title of the demo that he'd heard. And thus Ben, Miggy Drummond, Nick Thorpe and Julian Brookhouse became Curiosity Killed the Cat. Interesting. I didn't know that's how they got their name. I'm sorry if you can hear Elvis snoring as well, by the way. <laughs> Might be me snoring. You never know. You never know what's gonna happen. Uh, it was in 1985 after a showcase gig at the WAG Club for record companies that a bit of a bidding war broke out before they were eventually signed to Phonogram, which was a part of Mercury, or the other way around, Mercury, which is part of Phonogram. Who knows? Before they were eventually signed to Phonogram Mercury. Uh, the minute the four piece received their first advance checks, they went straight to a friend who owned a travel agent and told him to get them on the first plane out of the UK which happened to be Rhodes Island in Greece. Uh, and it was there that the four of them, being lads on a holiday and probably a little bit imbibed on Uzo, they all bought Greek f- fisherman's hats, uh, one of which was to become Ben's signature look ah. of the one with the hat. And because he moved with the fashionistas of the 80s, he wore it backwards and everyone thought he was wearing a beret. Um, I mean, I'm assuming it's the fashionistas because this was pre-crisscross. Um, <laughs> I was so wondering where this Greece story was going and they bought fishermen's hats. I was like, no one gives a fuck about this. And then yeah. I was like, okay, what yeah. This in for? I, now, now it makes sense. Yes. The one with the hat. It's him with his uh, hat, yeah. Now we have to rewind just a little bit because if you were paying attention, you'll have spotted that there was a fifth member of the Twilight Children before they became Curiosity Killed the Cat. Yes. And this was keyboard player Toby Anderson. Um, he was an original member of the Twilight Children, also a friend of Ben's. Um, and as well as playing with the TCs, he played in a band called Funkopolitan, which just sounds awful. Sounds like a bad um, covers band. Sounds like an ice cream made by Ben and Jerry's. What are you having? Funkopolitan. Yeah. Um, although he'd been invited to the studio for a jam, uh, and this is different to be invited round for some jam. Um, and he had started writing tracks with our four guys. Um, they'd been signed to Photogram Mercury as a four-piece, which meant it kind of got complicated for them working with Toby. And Toby's brother advised him to get something on paper securing his rights to the tracks that he'd work- worked on. Um, his brother wrote him a contract, which basically said, if you don't sign me, I'm off. So mm. the boys responded to this legal move by telling him, well, if that's the case, then 
You're Bye. Uh, ben later said of it all, I don't think the rock company would have gone for it either because unfortunately they were happy with the Pretty Boy Collective. Oh. They, they really were pretty boys. I mean, was Toby um, really that horrendous? Um, I don't, I can't find a picture of him. Oh. Um, Curiosity's entire repertoire until now had been co-written with Anderson, so he did end up credited on every track on their first album. Um, he summarised his contribution to the development as I took them from being two chord wonders <laughs> to five chord wonders and changed their rather childish 1984 pop sound into a more sophisticated soul. Oh, okay. Okay then, Toby. Um, <laughs> do you know what, mate? If you don't blow your own trumpet, who's going to do it for you? <laughs> Curiosity eventually began recording their first LP, but midway through, producers Sly Dunbar and Robin Shakespeare better known as Sly and Robbie, um, were removed from the project by the record company and replaced by Stuart Levine, uh, a move which would delay the album for nearly a year. That's a name uh, we recognise, Stuart Levine. No, you're thinking of Ian Levine. Okay. The guy that did Upside Down. Sorry, I just need to move. So let's just take a little break for three seconds. I'm currently sitting on a hip and half an elbow. Mind that um, hip. <laughs> um, you're calling me old. Yep. During this recording period, they discovered that Andy Warhol was putting on an exhibition in London for the first time in 20 years. So the band, who you'll remember, met at art school, yep. uh, nagged their record company's press department to get them on the guest list for the opening, which they did. Uh, and they met Warhol, who invited them to a banquet that night at the Cafe Royale, <laughs> which he was throwing for 500 people. Nice. I get. I don't know about you. I get invited to banquets all the time. Well, the thing is, I worked in C and B, which is conference and banqueting, so I know <laughs> that the word banquet isn't quite as you would imagine. Is it, like, is it basically buffet? It just it usually means a sit down dinner for a large number of people. So <laughs> it's not like Henry the Eighth thing with just tables piled up with yeah. you know like cooked chickens and and grapes and yeah. yeah. That, I mean that's the image that it conjures up: drinking out of tankards and shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Warhol, who through the night had become enamoured with one member of the band, asked to hear some of their music. Uh, their manager took him over a cassette the next day, which Warhol liked so much he asked if he could make their first video for them. Was Andy Warhol gay? I believe so, yes. Okay. Just when you said he was taken with one of the band members, I thought, oh, maybe he was gay. Uh, as they continued with the recording of the album, the record company ramped up efforts in promoting them, including a gig at the Camden Pal Palace called Live from London, uh, which is on YouTube. That's one of the things that I found and watched and just just made my heart beat so madly. It's, I wish I could have been there. Mm. I was about 12. Um, Mate, nothing would have stopped you at 12. <laughs> Technically, their first release had been a track called Ordinary Day, but that had been put out on a compilation album from their company called The Beat Runs Wild. And unleashing them using that method had created zero impact and it passed by barely noticed. Uh, but because of the low impact, the record company weren't planning on investing in a video. At the time, there was this really strange dispute going on between record companies and TV stations because the TV station said that if they played videos and the song did well off it, that they should get commission for playing oh, the videos, filling up their shows. Okay. Um, it was only the introduction of Warhol to the scenario that got them the funding for the record company they needed for the video. Uh, they gave them around £30,000. Uh, that wasn't going to be enough, however, to get them to New York for a week, plus pay the expenses of a video shoot. Bloody so hell. Warhol himself came up with the rest of the funding for it. 
uh, it was still low budget though. Uh, they didn't have a sound technician involved, which led to the very peculiar sight of the four of them wandering around New York playing their single on a cassette player, which was being held up by Andy Warhol. <laughs> is, that, is that the actual video? <laughs> yeah, I don't think you can see Warhol in the video. It's just them wandering around oh, New York. Shame. Um, the press were already beginning to get a little bit curious by now. The members of Curious to Kill the Cat were ridiculously good looking. Uh, and some parts of the media thought it was a kind of against probability that four attractive young men would have formed a band organically. Uh, Photogram, their record company, stood accused of manufacturing the group by hiring four professional models to front it. Do you know uh, what? <laughs> I mean, obviously, we know that isn't true. But even if it was, why is that even a thing? Why do they even care? Um, drummer Miggy Drummond, as response to this was bullshit, complete bullshit. <laughs> um, although Gosh, he did they were admit, very good looking. Although he did admit, well, Ben's done a bit. Ben had formerly been a model. There is a board game which features Ben's face on it. Oh, it also yes. appeared in the pages of Just Seventeen and those, you know, those photo story magazines you used to get. Yes, he's done some of them. Um, and it was then in September 1986 that they released their first single, Misfit, which reached number 76. Um, they wanted their next single to be Down to Earth, which had been gaining popularity with fans at live shows. But the record company wanted to wait until the new year because they, they worried that releasing a single that late in the year, it would get lost among all the, the singles being released for Christmas number yeah. one. The band remained insistent. And despite warnings that if if it didn't make it the uh, and it, you know, it was a flop, it would kind of be bad news for them, the record company. Right. Uh, it was released in November 86 and really, really slowly climbed the charts a little bit each week. Um, it survived through the Christmas period and carried on climbing into the new year, where eventually in February it reached number three. That just doesn't happen anymore, does it? No. No. Um, it was held back from the top spot by uh, When a Man Loves a Woman from the Nick Kamen Levi's advert. Oh, yeah. And Stand By Me, which had been released for the film of the same name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so for five weeks, they held the one, two and three spots between them. Wow. Uh, in total, Down to Earth spent 23 weeks on the charts. I've been looking at pictures of this band and they are much better looking than I had I had remembered. And Ben is not dissimilar to Matthew James Pateman. Oh, yeah, I can see what you Similar saying. kind of vibe there. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely see mm. it friend of the podcast Matthew yeah. James Payman Matthew James Payman he, he's doing nothing at the moment we should get him on yeah let's get him round yeah socially distance in the back garden <laughs> I'm in tier two now I'm not allowed <laughs> <laughs> following the success of Down to Earth they made their first Top of the Pops appearance in early 1987 and also made an appearance on the Tube uh, it was one of the final episodes <laughs> on the, of the Tube, tube. On the, um, tube, before, the TV show, not the actual the TV train. show. The tube. Got it. <laughs> uh, it was one of its final episodes before it was taken off air. Ah. After Jules Holland uh, did a trailer on children's TV in which he said, "Be there or be on Groovy, fuckers." Um, but it was on the tube where Ben met Paula Yates, who he was for a long time rumored to be having an affair with, which he's always denied, although he was allegedly cited in her divorce papers from Bob Geldof. Um, as well as being linked with Paulie Yates, which he continues to, to deny to this day, he was also involved with Mandy Smith. Oh, yeah. Who was the teenage bride of Rolling Stone Bill Wyman. 
and model Lisa B. Um, they dated for three years when he when she first moved to London. Hmm. Uh, in April 1987, Curiosity Killed the Cat released their single Ordinary Day, which reached number 11. Uh, they did a tour supporting Alison Moyet, which included four nights at the Royal Albert Hall, and they performed at the Montreal Golden Rose Festival. Um, interesting uh, pronunciation of Montreal. Montreal? What did I say? Montreal? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> it's, it's milk tray. Oh, milk you, were doing, tray. you were doing it the French way. No, that's yeah, fine. Milk I'm tray. <laughs> the Milk Tray Golden Rose Festival. Mm. In, in June 1987, they appeared on the first ep- ever episode of The Roxy, which was ITV's attempt at Top of the Pops. Uh, the Roxy lasted less than a year. It was presented by David Kid Jensen. I don't know if you remember. Oh, I do. You remember. Might have been I don't remember bit, yeah. The Roxy, but I do know David Kid Jensen. <laughs> yeah. Um, as well as playing at the very first Prince's Truck. Prince's Truck? Prince's Truck, yeah, well-known Play, charity. Playing in a truck, playing at the first Prince's Trust Rock Gala at Wembley in a lineup that included Eric Clapton, George Harrison, Elton John and Ringo Starr. Basically all their mates. Yeah, so, yeah. except for coming around for some jam. Yeah. Uh, their next single, Free, was released in September 1987 and it peaked at number 56. Uh, the same month saw the release of their debut album Keep Your Distance that reached number one uh, and at the same time Misfit peaked at number 42 on the US charts so that was probably a pretty big day in the life of mm. a middle white class middle white class middle class white boy from London uh, their American rise however, however was curtailed by manager Peter Rosengard he took the budget they'd been given to tour radio stations across the US and used it for five gigs in new york miami la and san francisco which is epic as they're recorded as being didn't really get their name out mm. far and wide enough for the the recognition they need to give them a chance over yeah. the u.s wanting a second album from them the record company told them to go away and this is a quote write some more hits um, <laughs> like they told hansen <laughs> <laughs> and the way they put it still apparently pisses ben off right to this day oh. He says the blatant productivity of the process made him balk at it. Uh, One track that had already been written was Name and Number, which came about from the answering machine message that Ben and Miggy left on their phone at the flat they shared in Olympia. Shall we do it? They used to record a message telling callers what clubs they were going to. Like, yeah, so man, we're out, we're at the work. (laughs) That's Um, so good. or, Or where they could find them. But when Ben wanted to do a more generic message, so he used this little Sinclair keyboard to record one that basically said... Are you going to do it with me? No, I'm not doing it with you. Hey, hey how, how you doing? doing? Sorry you couldn't get through. If you leave your name and your number, I'll get back to you. That's it. I freaking love that record It's so something much. like that. It's, that um, is, well, deep in my subconscious memory. Um, they took that track... Uh, an extended version of it, not just the answer phone message, uh, into the studio and recorded a demo of it with a guy named guy named Glenn Skinner, who'd been the engineer on their first album. Uh, but the record company didn't like the fact he was unknown. They complained that he charged too much money. Uh, the song was too complicated and had too many words in it. So they asked the band to come up with come up with a list of recognised producers that they wanted to work with. They gave them 12 names of producers all around the world and about eight or nine of these came back asking to meet them. So they began the process of flying around the world, meeting up with the likes of Niall Rogers and Quincy Jones. Yes, you do. By the, by the time they finished flying around the world, it was the middle of 1980, 
1988 and they were yet to get into the studio. Ben, meanwhile, filled up his time attending parties, including <laughs> jumping out of a cake for the 40th birthday party of PR woman Lynn Franks. She is the oh, PR that Adina from Abfab is based that's on. That's right, she but is. Can I just roll back to Ben jumped out of a cake for her? <laughs> I want that. She must have. <laughs> I want a boy band jumping out of a fucking cake for I me. I want that. I want that. Which one? Which boy band member? Oh, God. Would it be Ben? I Ben then, Ben then, Ben Ben, yeah, then Ben, nineteen eighties Ben, yeah, yeah okay, that was a fucking Luke that he <laughs> jump out of a cake for me, could jump out of a box for me. <laughs> uh, it took two full years before they released their next single, which was Name and Number, came yep. out in September eighty nine, um, and despite Mercury having two producers re-record versions with them it was the original version with the too expensive glenn skinner that they put out it reached number 14 in the charts i remember uh, it. Ben... i think my sister must have bought it on single or something because that was my first exposure it. to them yeah <laughs> uh, ben has said of this time they kept us out of the public eye for two years and to me that was a kiss of death for the band because people move on yeah you know, they can't help it which is true by yep. this time. So we're now at September 89. Well, I was now on to new kids. Yeah. I'd probably been, I'd probably had another boy band in between that. I would think. Mm. Um, but you do when you're that age, if, yeah. you, if there's, you're not getting any fed, anything new from your That's boy exactly band. It. You do move on. Audiences are fickle. They need consistent yeah. content of some description. Yeah. And that's why, although people feel that boy bands just bombard fans with everything. Oh God, I'm always seeing they've got another single out. Well, yeah. Because they've got such a short window that they need to... stay relevant, yeah. Name and Number was followed in October by their second album, Get Ahead, which got to number 29. Uh, A single first place, which was a ballad, was released in December, but it only reached number 86. Uh, It was a track the band hadn't chosen to release themselves because it wasn't the best choice for single. Mm. And after its poor chart showing, they parted ways with record company Mercury. It was also at this point that Nick Thorpe left the band. Uh, he's since spoken much more recently of leaving to say that he'd left to um, to battle his drug addiction. Oh. Uh, seeking a new record company, it was in 1992 that they found themselves at the door of Simon Cowell over I, at RCA how Records. How the fuck did I know you were going to say that? <laughs> I fucking knew Simon Cowell's name was about to come out of your mouth. Having now restyled themselves as the more simply named Curiosity, Simon signed them. They began working on a third album. Uh, and during this time, Ben was secretly called into the record company to see Simon. And Simon asked him if he wanted to work solo instead of with the band. Uh, it was offered Ben turned down saying he wanted to finish the third album first. Yeah. Although he did eventually take, take to the record company a solo project called Party Now, Pay Later. Uh, but the record company turned it down for being too bluesy, saying they preferred the sounds of their other acts like Worlds Apart and Take That. Well, true. Uh, for the album Back to Front, they recorded Hang On In Their Baby, which was a cover of the Johnny Bristol single. It was released in April 92 and reached number three, uh, becoming the biggest hit since Down to Earth six years earlier. Uh, the following August, they released another cover. And again, it was a track that the band hasn't chosen. Simon had remixed a vocal Ben laid down um, of Tina Marie's I Need Your Lovin'. Uh, it reached number 47. Uh, after more than a year, a third cover was released by the record company, Give Me the Sunshine, 
which reached number 73 in October 1993. Uh, the lack of chart success meant that their third album, Back to Front, was only ever released in Japan. RCA finally dropped them instead of just, you know, continue to fuck around with their careers. Yep. And the band split up. Um, shortly after that, the label also dropped Ben as a solo act. Wow, lucky uh, Ben. Post Curiosity Killed a Cat. In 2001, the four of them reformed for an appearance on the National Lottery Show, Aww. which I cannot find on YouTube. Aww. I want it. Someone find me it now. I want it. <laughs> in 2009, a rumour appeared in the gossip pages of the Sunday People newspaper that they were reforming for a new tour, bankrolled by Simon Jordan, the owner of Crystal Palace. That's a okay. football club for the foreigners. Yeah. Uh, that the reunion never happened. Uh, in 2011, Ben, Mickey, and Julian each received a BMI award because a sample of name and number had been used in a track called Ain't Leaving You Without You by Jaheem. Uh, mm. Nick, Mickey and Nick went on to set up a, a record company called Naken Records. Naked Records. Naken, N A K E N. <laughs> Uh, it was later brought out by Edos, who make um, gameplay software. Nick was also in another band called The Beat Poets, and he now teaches yoga, uh, meditation, and mindfulness. Oh, which normally I'd be like fucking hippie, but in now in lockdown, what a great fun to do yeah. with a bit. <laughs> yeah. what a great thing to be doing. Have <laughs> a bit of that. Uh, in the mid nineties, Ben uh, released some tracks under the name Ben VP. For those of you that can't pronounce Lol Pellier Piero. Me. Uh, but he had no chart success with that. He had a little bit of a stint in rehab in the late 90s. Uh, and by 2008, a solo Ben was performing as Curiosity Killed the Cat on the Here and Now tour. One of these retro right, you know, yeah, yeah. 80s bands tour. Uh, in 2014, he told Gareth Davies' Sound of the 80s that he was going to drop the Piero for his name. So he'd just be Ben Volpelia. After I mean, two I names to drop, I would just, I'd, I'd drop the Volpelia, Ben Piero. Uh, in 2017, Ben told the Hustle podcast that the other guys in the band no longer wanted him to use the band's name when taking part in nostalgia tours, oh. unless they were playing with him, which they didn't want to do. <laughs> uh, ben now tours 80s nostalgia shows using the name Curiosity Killed the Cat. <laughs> uh, up until recently, he was no longer in touch with the other band members. Oh, shame. Um, he also recently appeared on First, First Date, Dates. He did. Where his date, who claimed to be a huge fan of Curiosity Killed the Cat, didn't recognise him. She didn't. It was so funny. It was so funny when he told her. And she was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just got, there was a really nice interview with Ben in the Portsmouth News um, quite recently. Which I just want to read the quote from because it kind of sums up boy band pretty well um i think there are a few different types of success there's notoriety there's exposure and then there's sales we had two out of three notoriety and exposure and maybe a bit too much exposure half the time we spent doing press and photo shoots we could have been in the studio writing songs but we were young and having fun and not paying much attention to the whole game plan and the whole management side of things we would get bored at official meetings and things with the lawyers and accountants falling asleep in that Partly the industry broke our band up, but also because we weren't really taking it that seriously. We were quite happy-go-lucky, and that's the way it was. But I wouldn't have missed it for the world. When people say they're a grouping for the fans or whatnot, it hasn't worked up to now for the Curiosity Lads, and I don't know if it will, 
but never say never. And I always feel it was an unfinished story. As for Ben's unfinished story, on September the 9th, 2019, the four of them were together once again at a dinner party arranged for them by their former manager, Peter Rosengard, in oh. Portobello Road. It was the first time they were together as a foursome for almost 30 years. Uh, ben said of the meeting, there's a chance of a revival, but whatever happens, it was great to dissolve the walls of silence between us. That's nice. And that's Curiosity Killed the Cat. I thought you were going to say they planned their um, comeback show for the 23rd of March 2020. <laughs> oh, no, my God. <laughs> Imagine if they had been talking about it and then it all went tits up. Yeah. The coronavirus just ruins everything. Ruins everything. Well, that's... Uh, and and even, even better news, Ben and I are now friends on Facebook. Shut up. <laughs> you are... Honestly, you give me all this shit for Harry and there you are behind the scenes making friends with boy band members. Making friends with Ben Valpilio Piero. Look <laughs> at you. It's and the nice. one with the hat. <laughs> the one with the hat. Oh, that's a good story. Are they going to knock McFly off the top of the chart though? Really good chance. Okay. I'm going to go away and point. We'll be back right after this and I'll run down the charts. Nice. So, all right, do you know what? New Year's resolution in October. So stop saying so. Stop saying so at the start of every segment. Mine is, uh, not so much when I'm talking, but when I'm writing emails, I use the word just so oh, much. Someone, someone else mentioned that to me this week. She was like, I need to stop using the word just in emails because I'm not just doing something. I am doing it with intent. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Be on with it. Curiosity killed the cat. Anyway, Charles, how did they do? Uh, they did quite well i'm pleased for them i'm I'm pleased with their showing they scored relatively well on uk chart positions they had a, a couple of you know top tens they had a number one mm-hmm. album uh that, and then has some singles that didn't do massively well they got a little mm. bit for us chart positions as well for that one single that went up to number 42 uh, they mm-hmm. were together for 11 years uh, they didn't not really have a reformation. They got back together for one-off gig. Ben still performs as Curiosity Killed the Cat. I'm not counting mm. it as a, a, a reforming of the band. A reunion, yeah, no. They, um, they get really good points for style. They were part of, you know, the trendy London, West London set. They were, um, so many people wore berets thinking that's what Ben had on. It was a Greek yeah. fisherman's cap, as you've just found out. They all played their own instruments. They wrote their own songs, even though there was that little spat of when they were under Simon Cow, where they just put out covers, blaming that on Simon Cow. Let's blame everything on and Simon Cow. And post-career-wise, not not too high-scoring, but Ben did appear on first dates, so he, he does he does quite well there. And he's part of the Nostalgia Tours, which, as we know, is the bread and butter of boy bands. So um, what do you want to do with the charts? Let's go from 20. Okay, I'm so glad you didn't say let's go from 67, which is our <laughs> highest number. Wow, okay. It's nearly bedtime, that's why. It is. So uh, you'll be very pleased with this top 20 now. Okay. Because it's we've completely got rid of There's no longer any Eurovision bands in there oh, and no Eurovision yes! bands in there. Our top 20 <laughs> runs thus... At number 20 is Big Fun. At number 19, Union J. Oh, I lied. Union J were an X Factor. They band, were, they? but they were a decent ish one. Okay. At number 18 is LFO. At number 17 is EYC. Yeah. And at number 16, BB Mac. 
that's all the letters out the way. <laughs> uh, number 15, our mate uh, Aaron and his band Worlds Apart. At number 14 is Damage. Who? 13, uh, boy band whore Nathan Moore and Brother Beyond. <laughs> at number 12 is Human Nature. And at number 11, this episode's boy band of the week, uh, Curiosity Killed the Cat. Very at number 10 is another level at number nine pj and duncan at number eight crisscross at number seven is bros and at number six is five Uh, at number five the jonas brothers number four busted number three is hansen number two the bay city rollers and at number one still they're never being toppled is our favorites mcfly ever seen that thing that tom's doing with mcdonald's no Instead of getting a plastic toy with a Happy Meal, you can now get a, to- a book written by Tom from McFly. Oh, I love Tom so much. He's the best. He, have you seen any of his videos that he's been doing where his kids play um, like dr- drums and guitar? Yeah. And, oh my God, they're so good. I love yeah. Tom Fletcher and G and Carrie. And I just think the Fletcher family are wicked. Yeah, they're the best boys yeah. ever. Well... Okay. We need to do some work according, on the Jonas Brothers as well. According cause... to our chart, they're the best sure. boy band ever. I don't think the Jonas Brothers scoring is going to move them up a position. Okay. Uh, I'd have to look at how well they they did it on the Billboard. But yeah, we need we need to do. <laughs> when you said Billboard, you sounded like Trump. I have <laughs> to look and see how good they. I don't know why I'm Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> And a billboard. <laughs> I don't know what. <laughs> I think we've we've established hey, I can't very do much Trump. I can't do joining <laughs> us once again for the I'm your Trump's not up there with your Australian accent. I'm just no, going to say that, is that true. right now. Yeah. Uh, okay, I was so. going to attempt to do a Puddian accent from when I was quoting Ringo Starr, and then I was like, no, we've got oh some God, Scouse list. <laughs> I can't. Please. I can't really do Scouse. I can try. do Brummy a little bit. No, I'm not doing it. Chicken and a can of coke. No, we're down. We're down a few listeners during the. I can't tell if we're down listeners. We haven't been putting any episodes out, but I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to lose a handful of scousers that we've got. I think by they'll find it funny. Had <laughs> Ringo Starr. I'm going to call Karen and a see if she'll door. read. <laughs> see if she'll read our Ringo Starr quote for us, and we can just drop it in. Oh, he's a bit so busy good. she's very busy during the pandemic do the brummy do your brummy go on no because i have to build up to it oh for fuck's sake i'm the only person holding the accent impression thing together here i mean i'm not here for my accent skills i'm here for know, my research it's abilities really fun. it's fun well we've I got don't like being fun oh. i don't know if you know this about me i'm really fucking boring me and my wardrobe we're just trying to live <laughs> our life quietly <laughs> Anyway, okay, we've got a small mini episode coming up. Our chat with a couple of Aussie, well, Aussie-ish fangirls. Um, that'll be coming out yeah. shortly after this episode. Uh, yeah, Justin and Danny, they started listening during lockdown to keep themselves occupied uh, and came up with the, the revelation that Danny doesn't have a boy band. Yeah. So they've been doing little Instagram reviews of the podcast as they go along, trying to establish whether or not we can find... Uh, they can find Danny a boy band. Yeah. So it's now become a mission. Hashtag yeah. find Danny a boy band. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, they'll come out as a mini. Thanks, Danny and Jessa. We'll speak to you in the next episode. Yeah. Um, so thanks this week. Go to Zoe for doing the research that took her five months. 
and uh, <laughs> I think you'll find it was worthwhile. Yeah, it was. It was a good story. Don't find out those Paula Yates facts just by by going through the first two pages of Google. You that know, that is true. And also, I really, really think everyone should go and look at Ben on first dates. Yeah, but whilst you're looking at Ben on first dates, find the um, Camden Palace live gig that I talked about. Okay. It's really, really good. It's so enjoyable. I'm about to sneeze. I'm not. What do we do at the end? (laughs) We do. uh, Thank you very much for listening to I'm with a boy band. Don't forget you can find us on Twitter at The Boy Band Pod. Uh, We're on Instagram at I'm with the boy band. We're on Facebook and sometimes I am too. Yeah. I I mainly run Facebook. I've not been doing a lot of running at all recently. Not even been doing any walking. I've only left my house 20 times in six months. Anyway, sorry, the Facebook group the is called I'm with the Boy Band and there's a page yeah. as well, but it's the group that you want to join, the one where you have to answer the questions to join. We'll only let you in if you're a legitimate boy band fan. We won't we'll yeah, let you in anyway. Yeah, there are boy band questions. I won't let anyone in unless they answer the question. Amy's just far too friendly. Yeah, right. Um, but I'm quite happy to boot people out as well if they don't, if they don't follow the rules. You can also email us at theboybandpod at gmail.com. Don't email us. If you annoying. want to, makes my phone ping in the middle of the night. <laughs> if you want to support us on Patreon, slash support Tom uh, Parker and his well, the the fan fund for Tom Parker, then you can find us at patreon.com forward slash a boy band, and we'll also link the GoFundMe on our social media as well. Yeah, I put it on social media, and we'll also put it in the information for the for this episode of the podcast, cool. so you can just click on that, donate what you can. Don't feel, you know, don't come and tell us why you can't donate no one has to make excuses but if you can do anything you know this is if we've if we've learned anything about from doing this podcast is that the members of boy bands don't end up rich unless they're you know they're they're the Beatles and they're writing their own songs um the the record companies really kind of leave them high and dry most often in debt so let's support Tom as much as we can and 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 Kelsey and, and their and even if not financially let's send them all of the love and best wishes and good vibes and prayers if that is your thing um and just let's just i mean i said it on facebook this week let's hope for a miracle yeah miracles do happen stay strong tom and kelsey so join us next week as we continue Join our search episode <laughs> we continue our search to find the ultimate boy band but remember it's not the boy band that falls at the top of our chart that's the ultimate boy band boy band it's the one that was there for you when you needed the most and got you from there to here bye, bye. Band you later.